This, this sermon series really kicked off uh, called Multiply as we're studying through the book of Acts. If it's your first time here, uh, we've been, the last two Sundays, we've been talking from the book of Acts. But when we started the church, just as a quick recap, um, six years ago, I preached, I started out in the first verse, chapter one of the book of Acts, and, uh, and preached through almost, uh, through the middle of chapter nine. So it was about eight or nine months of time, and... Um, and God just been impressing on me the last month or two to go back to Acts. So I went back and I read the last sermon that I preached from Acts five years ago, and it was called Multiplied. And um, so, so we, we started there. So if you weren't here five years ago, uh, we were not recording those. I got notes from them. If you're like really bored and want to read all my notes through eight chapters of Acts, I've got them. Um, but I did the two weeks, three weeks ago, I did a recap of the first nine chapters. It would be great to go back and, and watch that. And then last week, uh, we were in Acts chapter 9 and verse uh, 32 through, uh, let's see, what was it? It's 9, no, yeah, 32 through 36. Um, and so, man, last week's sermon, get up. Who enjoyed it? It was good. It just blessed my heart. Like I, I just came out of that, uh, that Sunday just excited as we looked at the reality. When Peter came and met a man named Annius, and he said, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, you're healed. And then he told him to get up and roll up his mat. And we talked about how yeah, he, Jesus can do that physically, but he also does it spiritually to everyone who comes and seeks it. Makes them whole, heals them, like instantly. Some things change in your life, and we walked through that and said, we're all, maybe some of us are laying on some mats that we should have rolled up a long time ago. Amen. All right, so go back and watch that if you get a chance, if you've not seen it. Today, we got a sermon called The Difference Maker. I love Chris's story, um, as, as he shared earlier, and he shared with me, we were, we were driving, uh, driving to Weisberg with these guys, and, and, and the guy, his name's Joel, he's from Ohio, lives in like Springfield, Ohio, or somewhere. And drove down, and uh, and Chris was just sharing that story with him, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I know that guy. He sits two rows in front of me at my church, like in the middle of Ohio." And Chris hadn't talked to this guy in a long time. And uh, and what was his name, Chris, the youth Tracy. pastor? Tracy Cleveland. Tracy. And so and so Tracy was a uh, he was a student at KCU right at the time, and was going to Elkhorn City like on the weekends to teach. And, and, I, and as I was thinking about that story, and, and some of us, you might be a college student, getting ready to be a college student, you used to be a college student, wish you were still a college student. Yeah. Some of y'all have been college students for like seven or eight years, and your parents are like, really, what's going on here? But you think about Tracy as a college student driving to Elkhorn City and wondering, why am I like probably in just like, God, I got to go again this weekend sometimes. Like, I got so much other stuff that I could be doing, uh, but he, he just, he went. He just kept going, and, and probably all these years later, wondering, did, did it matter? And th there'll be seasons in your life that you go and you speak and you do things, and you may never know the difference that you made. And, you know, but that one guy, because he went and kept going and followed what God had for him, uh, we have a discipleship pastor that we just prayed over here today. We're going to look in this passage of Scripture about a story 
of a difference maker. Let's read these verses. Acts 9, 36. This is immediately following uh, Peter in this, the town of Lydda where he just healed Aeneas and told him to get up and go walk. And he did. He got up his mat and he walked. And everybody's like, what in the world just happened? And they start believing in Jesus. Do you see when, when God does big things, it has a ripple effect. And people start following and believing in Jesus. When a neighboring town called Joppa, all right, Bible trivia time, Joppa, where you know that name Joppa from? Old Testament. Did somebody know? Somebody knows Joppa. Jonah, somebody got it, yeah. Joppa is the town that Jonah bought his ticket to run from God. That's it, I'm going to go down here, he found a ship, and he ran the opposite direction when God wanted him to go to Nineveh, same town. Here in Acts 9.36, it says, There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which is Greek, and Greek is Dorcas. And if anybody's expecting, we got Aeneas and Dorcas, great baby names. You know, just put them on the list. And if anybody here is named Aeneas or Dorcas, I'm sorry. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, the time is while Peter was in Lydda doing his ministry there. About this time, she became ill and died, and her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda, so they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them, and as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, could have called this one Get Up Part 2. Get up, Tabitha. You remember when you got saved? Jesus spoke those names. That your name? Get up out of your out of your sin, out of your shame, out of your condemnation, out of, out of your punishment for sin and death. Get out of death and come into life. And Peter says, get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers, and he presented her to them alive. And it says in Acts 9.42 that the news spread through Facebook and Instagram and Fox News and CNN. No, duh, it just spread. Same way it can spread today. The, the same way that, that, that real transformational things spread is like when you bump into somebody on the street and you say, did you hear about El Azul opening over by Food City? <laughs> like whatever it is, like the good things that are happening Right, they go. You can't help but tell somebody about it, not just put it on social media. Like you, it just spreads. And it said this news spread through the whole town, and many believed in the Lord. I want to take just a few of these verses. I want to think for a minute about Tabitha. I'm going to say Tabitha. That's easier than Dorcas. Um, I'm going to say Tabitha and how she was a a difference, a, a difference maker. Um, there was things we see like immediately. Uh, there was a believer in Joppa. That, the things she did, she was always doing kind things for others and helping uh, the poor. I thought it was pretty neat uh, to see that that in this in this story, there's a book Chris and I are actually reading right now called uh, Four Chair Discipleship, and it's a really good book. And 
And, and the writer, Dan Spader, uh, he talks about the great commandment, love God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself, right? That's the great commandment. And then the great commission, go and make disciples, talks about how those two things are intertwined, and we see that in this story. He said it like this, the great commission and the great commandment must, must be held together in one thought because we love God, we love people. Because we love people, we make disciples. To try to make disciples without love gains nothing. And if we say we love people but never try to make disciples, then our love is a lie. And so we see here as she's loving people, she's caring for people, I, I was thinking, you know, as she cared and she physically did things, I started thinking about, well, who is she caring for? There's two things there, really. The second part, helping the poor, that's someone in need. The first is like just doing kind things for others. Who are others? Sometimes we think we should only do kind things for people who deserve it or are like us or have earned it, or it's justified. Like, she was just doing super uh, kind things and doing good for others. What she saw in her community uh, was a need as well. And we have this thing at our church called Do For One, and I want to share this quick story um, that happened this week. And, and, and so this do-for-one ministry is this thing where you can, you can identify someone you know, a, a friend, an acquaintance, somebody you just met, somebody that just has, has some need in their life, or you just want to bless, you want to gift and be kind to them. And so our church puts 10% of everything that's donated and given to the church into an outreach fund, and we use that fund to just bless people as much and as often as we can. And so we use this fund to, to, sometimes it's like, hey, somebody could use, uh, use some clothes. And sometimes it's like, hey, the, the waitress at wherever was super kind to me, I'd like to give them a $25 gift card to somewhere. And like, so this is not just people, it's like, just, just be kind. Let's shower the community, our neighbors, our friends, our family with kindness. And, and so this week we had this story, uh, uh, Amber um, just got on her heart. She, uh, she, she had a guy shared with her uh, a, a need, uh, not like, I need this, can you help me? Just saying like, hey, I'm struggling right now. We, my wife and I are splitting cars. We, uh, we had two cars. One is torn up. It's not working right now. I'm having to leave work and take her to work. I forgot the other day she walked like all the way to the other side of town like to work. And, uh, and, and so Amber got on, put in a do for one, said, I'd like to, I'd like to get this guy a car. That sounds pretty big. I mean, it's probably not going to be a, a brand new BMW or anything. Then this is out of the characteristics of our normal do for ones. And, and, and so, but she put it in there. She said, We'd like to, well, I just God put it on her. I'd like to help him get a car. And so she started this Facebook group message and said, uh, Hey, I, this guy's on my heart, kind of shared the story. We'd just like to surprise him and just. Like, one day, just give him the car. He was trying to get a personal loan for $5,000 to buy a 25-year-old truck, right? And we said, and so she started this Facebook message and said, add anybody to it that wants to, and gave the link to, you know, our church giving page and the do-for-one. And uh, just as the week went along, like, people started giving. People started giving, and, and he was trying to get $5,000. Guess how much people gave in four days? Five thousand three hundred and twenty-five dollars. 
This was, this was Friday. Yeah, give, give, this is the church. This is like doing the good things. And, and you know, you, you get the one call that can discourage you in the middle of that and say, hey, do you really know this, the guy's story? Like trying to take the, right? You know what I mean? Let me tell you, the guy's story does not matter. I don't care if he doesn't deserve it, and I believe he does. I don't care. It doesn't matter if they don't deserve it. This is about your heart. I mean, you think, you think Jesus came and died for only those who deserve it and earned it? Are we all at the foot of the cross being like, God, I'm so thankful. And so this was, uh, this was Friday. We'd all love to have not perfect but paid for, wouldn't we? <laughs> and so we have no idea what this means. We know we got a picture later of his little boy. It's in kindergarten, I think, kissing the car. All right? Like, and this is not, and this is not New Beginnings doing this. This is not for New Beginnings. Like, I, I hope more than anything. Like, I don't, I don't care. If they find Jesus, I don't care where they land on Sunday morning as long as they turn to him. Right? As long as they see, like, yeah, we, we did this. Like a group of people, I'm not even saying we, me. I'm not even saying we, New Beginnings. I'm saying it was people from different churches and knew him. And like, just God did this. He put it on people's heart. And he did it. I want him to see, like, Jesus, we love you, but Jesus loves you more. And we want it to spread by word of mouth. Like, you see what Jesus did? That guy on Monday is like, oh, I can't make it. I'm struggling. It's getting cold. Don't know what we're going to do. And Friday, he walks out and has a car. That's what God can do. The normal budget's $50. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> but as we go into this season of Thanksgiving and Christmas, like... This is, a, this is a chance, and why I love this, it's, it, do for one means, let's do for one what, we, what we, can't do for, we can't do for everyone. But like as God puts a specific person or family on your heart, let's do a little bit, whatever we can do to help them. And that when, then we can say, if you want us to, hey, this is a gift, and so-and-so was thinking about you and praying for you and loves you and appreciates you. Here you go, we just want you to know it. So be thinking about it. This is how you can go on our website and fill one of those out, and, um, and we'll see how many people we can bless. We did almost 100 last year through Christmas, and so uh, maybe that was the year before. Uh, but I want you to pray. Maybe we can do 50. Maybe we can do 60. Maybe we can do 150. I don't know, but just think about people you can bless, and we want to be a part of it and help you do it. The next thing I saw is she knew the community needs, and look at this. We got, we're going to knock this out pretty quick this morning, but I do have... Something I don't normally do. The worship team came in this morning to run through the set, and they said, are we getting schooled today? 
What she, what she did is, I, I saw this, it says the room was filled with widows. When she had passed away, the room was filled with widows. And for me, that meant she identified a need in her community. There must have been a group of widows, okay, that had a need. And she just, she, she, she cared. So she slowed down enough to open her eyes and look around her. Instead of thinking about herself, which we can get in the trap of, right? Just the day-to-day grind of our schedule and what we got to do. And she saw that there was a need around her. She took action and, and did, like, she wasn't Peter going all, uh, he, preaching at Pentecost and planting churches and doing all these things. She was literally making coats, making clothes. It was just the gift. It was the call God had given her. And, man, it made a difference because she was, she was passed away, and those widows were there in the room when Peter got there. They were weeping. They were weeping because of what Tabitha had done for them. But she saw the need, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you to, to help me this morning. Y'all want to help me preach? Nobody, nobody wants to help. Needs around us, your community, your neighbors, family, friends, co-workers. What are some things? Yes, you get to talk. Once food. What are, what are some other some other things? Brokenness, things that you see. Jesus. Child care. Love. I got a feeling that nobody cares about them just to know that somebody cares. Encouragement. What's some other things you see breaking up families? Addiction. Anybody hear addiction? Anybody agree? Addiction. Anybody got anything else? We got room for one more. Transportation. Had a principal get one of our members to the side this week and said, hey, we got a kid needs a ride Sunday to get to a certain place, and we just feel like your church would help get him there. That's a random, that's a pretty good compliment, isn't it? Uh, and, and guess what? That kid's going to get there. But this, uh, these things we see as they need, what I loved about Tabitha is she just, she very tangibly, like very hands-on, as a follower of Christ, just started making coats and clothes for the people that needed it. But it, it wasn't just, she didn't just love them. It wasn't just a service. She was also discipling. She was also pointing them to Jesus, sharing the truth of, of why she believed. And, and you know, uh, many of you know that this right here is like, 
for a long time has been a huge part of our church and to find compassion for people that live in this. Because if, if we just did addiction, okay, and we started thinking about that, who does that affect? Everybody. Let's make some lists. Just family. So let, let's say uh, kids. I think I was in Knott County this week. 52% of the kids in Knott County living with grandparents. Over half. You meet two kids, one of them lives with his grandparents. So you said family, so that'd be marriages, spouse. Anybody they come in contact with. Somebody said employer. You ever people say we can't get people to work? Parents. Oh, my God, I got a great friend. Great friend. Lost his son to an overdose. Probably somebody in this room right now can stand up and say, I lost a, I lost a friend, I lost a... Uh, I lost a a family member, a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, a sibling, a, a child to an overdose, or I was this close. By God's grace, they, they're still alive. And, he, and he's wrestling with like his whole life of the stigma around addiction, not wanting to people to know that their child is in addiction and then to have them die and say, and this kid was, uh, uh, right, he was written a prescription at one point because of a sports injury. And got addicted. He was in church. He was a great guy. Like when he could get cleaned up for a little while, he was good. You know, there's so much evidence around this right now that 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 we're finding out that addiction is is not always a moral failure. Once people are addicted, it becomes a disease that has to be treated, that has to be supported. And, and listen, and, and so they could get saved, right? Someone in addiction, y'all. Y'all have dealt with people in addiction. It's not easy. But they can get saved, and you say, well, could they be saved? And they, they'd be an addict, and they saved, and not immediately get clean, or they'd be clean for a while and then relapse? Does that mean they're not a Christian anymore? Well, if it's a disease, I mean, not everybody that gets saved that has cancer is immediately gone. And so, and so maybe part, so we got parents struggling he struggled so hard like was my son a moral failure or did he die of a disease because he was clean for a while and you know once you've been clean for a while and something breaks and you go back and you use more than you used before like are you gone what i what i think we say how do we help and here's what God put on my heart. And this was really one that was, all these are things. We could start thinking about, we as a church, you as a person, uh, how am I helping to make sure somebody's got food? How, do, how am I helping make sure? And Jesus was really like, all this, <laughs> okay? That's what we're going to get to. Somebody hit the nail on the head and stole the end of the sermon. <laughs> Thank you, whoever that was. But as we think about those things, the needs in our community, how are you, how am I, how's New Beginnings, 
How is the church, capital C Church, making a difference? And uh, when, it, when it comes to addiction, I got this other friend, uh, Josh Shepard, that I've known again for 20 years. Uh, he's an awesome musician. He's a, he's a Jesus follower. And uh, for a long time when we were friends, he, he never shared with me that his, his dad was uh, active in addiction. I don't know the story. I don't know how he got into addiction. He never shared that with me. Um, but, but some things God put in my heart as we were thinking about this, as seeing the needs in our community is, is some of the things I, that, that I hear sometimes and I've probably said at some point in my life. But th- this idea that uh, I've tried to imagine Jesus saying a bunch of druggies. Okay? Like, I'm not, t- not going to give you the magic bullet and say, here's the thing to do for this person. But I think where it starts is how we think about the people. I think it starts within our mind and, and what comes out of our mouth about the people. So if it is a disease and these people are trapped in it, and they are not even themselves, I mean, the, the brain scans are there, their brains are wired different, things are different. Would we ever say those types of things about people who have other diseases? Would we ever think those things about people who have other diseases? And when you begin to think a little bit different, when we change our thoughts about them, and we say, that's a child of God right there, that is trapped, that is stuck, that is sick. We change our words and how we say about them. And what we say about it, we change our hearts from, be good if we just round them all up and send them somewhere. Am I being real? Is this too real? Or are we going to make a difference? We're going to be a difference maker because we know the difference maker. And, and so, I'm, I got, I, so Josh, my buddy, his dad's an addiction. He's, he wrote this song, and he shared it this week, and I was so proud of him, and I'm going to play it here. I want you to just see it because, you know what, it, even me being in the middle of this work and seeing it, God's changed my heart about this over time, um, still just like broke me in half. Um, and, and so I want to share this with you because I think it can help you from a child. And, and this was what he posted about it. He said, so I wrote this song a couple months ago. It's about the last conversation I ever had with my dad on New Year's Eve on 2019. It wasn't a pleasant one. There's a motel beside a gas station on 23 where my dad was found in room 112. I'll let you guess what I'm talking about the next time you make a trip to Pikeville. I look at the room every day as I drive to and from work. The song is called The Old BP. I hope you enjoy it, and if you're battling an addiction, there's hope. I tried to call so you can check on me it's just me in this bedroom a phone and an old tv i'm scared of the darkness would you rescue me 
Quantrill Valley OVP penciled in my notes here why they'd prepared Tabitha to be buried but they took her upstairs and, and, and they sent for Peter like why didn't they bury her and I had penciled in faith they had faith and I was telling Beth about it and uh, you know she writes the good parts of my sermon she writes she says, well, it wasn't because they had faith. It's because they had hope. It's because they had hope. Tabitha was a difference maker. Peter was turning the world upside down. He was a difference maker. Only because one day when he was fishing, 
a man walked by from Nazareth and got in his boat. He said, you're a great fisher, but I'm going to make you something different. He met the difference maker. Because, see, Jesus did the same thing. Tabitha is just living out the the example that Jesus set for all of us. God saw the need of humanity. He cared and loved enough and, and if, if we're going to love and we're going to make a difference, we do it by being selfless and sacrificing. Amen. And Jesus set the greatest example of that when he was selfless, when he had every right to be a king, yet he became a servant. Amen. And when we give our life to him and when he gets a hold of our heart, we cannot help but make a difference. And, 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 and I love making a difference in today's circumstances and helping somebody this week. But if we don't point it toward eternity, there's lots of good people and charities and nonprofits that can help people eat and help people get clothes and do those things. But I'm talking about making a difference in eternity through loving people. We get ready to close. We're going to get a song. And there was a... We were on our way here, and our daughter, Rosalind, Rosie, that's her name. She's uh, uh, she's getting ready to turn 12. She's amazing. Love her dearly. I love to listen to worship music on my way here. And, um, you know, she's not, uh, she's not uber Christian yet. All right, she's Christian. She's not there yet. So she said, hey, I'd like to listen to Satan Went Down to Georgia. <laughs> I was like, wait, I like, I like to get my heart ready for church. Like, I don't need Charlie Daniels helping me, helping me do that. And uh, so I was like, we're not going to listen to that right now. And I said, and it's the devil went down to Georgia. No proper names. <laughs> and, um, and I said, you know, we got to get our hearts ready. We've got to get our hearts ready. Sunday's the day we look back and reflect on the things we're thankful for that God did for us this week. And, and as I was saying that, and we're thinking about this, this month of gratitude, here's coming out of this story one, you, you, we're, you're going to write people down out of there. Who's the difference maker in your life? There's somebody somewhere prayed for you, loved you, cared for you, told you about Jesus, made the difference. Who's that person? Thank God for them. Uh, but as I was saying, we're gonna, we're, we're, this is the day we thank God for what he did last week. He reminded me of the sermon that actually the gratitude out of this story and in this place is that there's hope for next week. And somebody here needed to hear that this morning. I needed to feel it this morning. No matter where you're coming from and, and out of and running from or running to, there is hope in the real difference maker.